Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app. We're now on Red Circle, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, also on Spotify and the Five Reasons YouTube channel. Check out the debut of Messi & Co., our new project, we're covering soccer now on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Also, check out FiveReasonSports.com. Make sure you spell one, that one out. We do not have a paywall. And the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. I got back to my door, and there it was. In one day, a box from Ocean's Finest, the exact same quality premium seafood that they get on the cruise lines and at five-star restaurants. It was right here. I can't wait to have someone else cook it for me because I can't cook and to find the freezer space. But it's going to be absolutely awesome when I do. You can get lobster, crab, everything there at Ocean's Finest, mahi-mahi. And like I said, you can get it delivered really quickly. We tested it, ordered it yesterday. It was here today. So that last-minute gift, check them out at oceansfinest.com. That's O-C-A-I-N, excuse me, O-C-E-A-N-S for the long day, finest.com. And check it out there. All of the seafood is right there on the site. Stays fresher for longer. And I can't wait to get into it. Anybody want to come over and cook it for me? You can have a little. Check them out. Oceansfinest.com. And now, today's episode. Down to Biscay. Yeah. Uh, five on the floor. Ride for my dogs. Where here's the thing. You can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Buckley said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor playing. Got an all band. Y'all seen the block. Stop the one hand. And Pat, we trust. It's power, have the guts. We're here to bring the heat. Y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, welcome back to Five on the Floor. Here's today's floor plan before I get into my kitchen. I've got Vince Goodwill. You can find him over at Yahoo Sports. I think this is the 32nd time he's been with us here on Five on the Floor. Scared everybody else away. So Greg Brady and Alex are actually going to be on a stream tonight. They're going to be on our draft stream with Sean Rochester, Brian Fonseca, and many other to talk about what the Heat may do at 18, although we know, of course, that the Heat may do nothing at 18. So we'll see how that actually plays out. But let's just get right to it, Vince, Vince, because, look, it's about Dame now, okay? Beal is gone. The Heat have done, in the the perception of their fans, they're doing the all-in-on-one-guy thing again, which was kind of the conversation last year with KD. Uh, And yet I I will believe that there are uh, other tracks going on at the moment. But it does seem like every day it pivots. Like yesterday it looked like Dame was leaving. Like you have the Chris Haynes report. I know you know Chris very well and his relationship with Dame. And it seemed like it was moving that direction. And then today there's a Woj report followed by a Spears report, both of which make it seem like Dame's going to be perfectly comfortable if the Blazers end up with Scoot at number three and he's going to mentor him and he's going to stay in Portland and everything's going to be great forever. Where do you think it is? Yeah, you dra- use that draft pick if you want to, if you're Portland. That's what I would say. I think there is an element of, of course, that there's an element of, of chess moving and chess pieces moving around. But if you're Damian Lillard and you are serious about winning 
and you're the Portland Trailblazers and you are serious about whatever is going on with your franchise, at some point, you guys both have to come to a meeting of the minds and say, okay, we have to make a decision for the best long-term of the player in the franchise. And the best long-term or short-term of Damian Lillard might not be to be in Portland. I'm not sure, short of them acquiring Zion Williams. And let's just say they do that. If you wind up trading Anthony Simons and number three to New Orleans for Zion Williamson, okay, you can get me to talk about that. You can get me to talk about Jeremy Grant and getting those guys and maybe finding a taker for Yusuf Nurkic and finding something there and, and maybe looking at a contender in the Western Conference. But short of that, I'm not sure if they take Scoot Henderson, who I think can be a really good NBA player, but is a young NBA player. I'm not sure how that helps Damian Lillard in his timeline. And if you are serious, Damian Lillard, to, the, to a degree, then you can't go out and make all these veiled threats. And then Scoot Henderson comes in. Because if that point, what more leverage do you have? You know what I mean, Ethan? Yep. I'm with you. And that's kind of what Bobby Mark said. I mean, we had Bobby on the pod and and he said, you know, if you're Dame at this point, just go in and ask out. Like this dance that both sides are doing. It feels to me like both sides are kind of done with the other, but they're both trying to save face. Like yeah. we know Dame's trying to save face. Like, you know, if whether he wants to stay in Portland or not long-term, if he wants to leave, he's got to make it look as good as possible. Look, like, look, I... I put it out there to them. I told them I wanted to play with veterans. They didn't get me the right veterans. And so now I've got to do the KG thing. And I think 95% of NBA fans would understand that. Now, maybe not all Portland fans, but I think 95% of NBA fans are, are accustomed. We're conditioned at this point to stars asking out at a certain point if they can't win a title. And then it sort of pivots on you where if you don't ask out, everybody's like, well, he doesn't want to win. And so it's actually become this pejorative to be loyal. And, and I think that's the way that this has changed probably since 2010 with the whole big three stuff, or even before that, maybe 2008 uh, yeah. with, with Boston, Garnett. right. With Garnett and with Allen. Uh, but it also seems like the Blazers are trying to save face. Like they want to be able to say, you know, look, um, we tried to accommodate you, Dame. Uh, we even made an offer for BAM, if that's what they actually did, which was just ludicrous that that report came out. We're going after all these guys. We can't find anybody. Okay. We tried to do right by you. And now we're going to do right by you and we're going to send you somewhere where you can win right away. It just, it feels like a PR game, like an optics game more than anything else. But Bobby said it, I, I thought best. So we had Sean Eichen on and I know, you know, Sean and Sean covers yeah. the Blazers now for Rose Garden report. And, and he has felt all along that the Blazers are not going to deal him. Uh, but he's also been the one reporting the Zion stuff for the longest. And I, Bobby said this about Zion. He's like, Okay, so you get Zion, and then Zion gets hurt in the first couple of months or has some off-court stuff or doesn't show the motor, doesn't show the desire that he's supposed to show. And so then Dame wants to trade in February. So then what? Like, I mean, so it would seem to me like just rip the Band-Aid off now. But you know how this goes, Ethan. And I think there's an element of, like, we always tend to think that players know exactly what they want at all times and that they're playing us. But sometimes I think players don't always know what they want. I think, of course, Dane wants to win and he wants to win there. He wants to be the guy that doesn't run from the grind. He puts it in his, you know, in his, in his rap lyrics and everything else. You don't want to be viewed as a hypocrite. And yeah, you do want to see that element happen. Here's the other part about this, Ethan. This was a really healthy season for Damian Lillard coming off of that abdominal strain that he suffered in 21-22 that cost him a huge chunk of games. And that's when you start looking at Dame's age and saying, okay, is he going to be able to hold up? He has to look at that too, Ethan. You know what I mean? How long can I play at this level 
carrying the weight of a franchise, carrying the weight of a city. And while I do think there's an element of, yeah, I want to go, I think there's also an element of, I mean, I'm not a married man, but there's also an element of, hey, man, I love who I'm with, but I like it when these strangers look at me and tell me I look good, too. I'll leave that there. All right. Uh, we're not even going to go into the Bradley Beal thing because I think Heat fans just want to get past that at this stage. But then the Paul well, George. Is, are, are, are Heat fans disappointed that Bre- that Beal is not a Heat? I think they're disappointed that they didn't get a shiny new toy. I don't think that most – I think I would say the majority of Heat fans when this first came up and the contract was you know sort of put out there that $61 million at the end of it, uh, there was a large contingent of Heat fans that were like, this is not the move that you make right now if you have to give up too much. But then when your team is mentioned in the talks over and over and it's starting to look imminent and people like me, like I was told you know, by a lot of people as of Friday, Saturday, that this was very likely to happen, similar to what you and I all heard about Jimmy uh, a few years ago. And ultimately, it didn't happen right away with Tibbs, but it happened the next year. In both cases, it was extremely close. The second time it did close when it was in Philly. So I think when he fans started think, started to think, okay, we're going to actually get Bradley Beal, then I think then it turns the other way, where it's disappointment that you don't and that the front office didn't do enough. And and you know, and then Pat talks and he's kind of talking out of both sides a little bit in his press conference yesterday. He didn't really say a lot except to say we don't really want to go into the second apron because it's punitive beyond just the financial costs. It's the it's the vehicle costs, the things that we can't do if we go in there. But at the same time, we're committed to winning a championship. And so Heat fans who have been looking at it and saying, well, we really haven't acquired anybody of significance since Jimmy, which is going back to 2019, there is a contingent of Heat fans that just is is afraid. I think they're fearful of the whole run it back thing. And I, I think right. that's where it's okay. We didn't get Beal. Now what? Oh, we're going all in on Dame. Okay, well, this feels like last summer where we kind of went all on KD and he ultimately wasn't available at that time to anybody. Right. And so I think now Heat fans are like, okay, well, who else is it going to be if it's not Dame? And that's where I was going to go here. If you were Steve Ballmer, would you trade Paul George right now? Ooh. Ooh. Because you can't trade Kawhi Leonard, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. not not can't as in an inability. Degenerative knee condition? Yes. Probably difficult. Yes. And Paul George is the most attractive trade asset and you hear things but the things that i've heard as of recently today is that the clippers aren't blowing it up now any something can change you saw the malcolm brogdon move as far as that three-team deal with christopher porzingis going to boston everything else and that's the other part of this is that yeah while pat riley says you don't want to go into the second tax apron the problem is if you don't do it now it's going to be far more punitive but regardless of whether you sit in this sort of no man's land area if you don't make a move before june 30th i think and the cba sort of starts to turn hit midnight a little bit where some of the new rules start to implement themselves before they fully get implemented next july i think you're kind of caught in no man's land so whether it's a paul george who i think would work in miami i think he would work playing next to jimmy butler and bam out of like he would slot perfectly as the guy who can a create his own shot but b not have to carry a franchise you know what i mean he doesn't have to worry about the weight and everything else he doesn't have to worry about out jimmying jimmy butler you know what i mean in that sort of way but what would steve Ballmer and the clippers take because the problem for them is the clippers are opening a new building this time next year they want to have a shiny new toy or at least somebody sitting over there that they can promote the fans because they're still in the lakers town if you're the heat man 
I feel like you got to go for it. Like you, like Jimmy Butler put on a great performance in that postseason, and then, like it or not, that ankle started tweaking a bit. How much health do you have in Jimmy Butler? How much can you put on Bam at a Bayou before you say, okay, we can't only do this for so long. This is a prime opportunity for the Heat this season because next year, you know, Giannis is going to be back. Who knows what's going to happen with Boston? Miami's going to be right there, but you can't be half-assed about it. All right. I, I want to get to some other transaction stuff, but since you mentioned Jimmy and obviously I know uh, the working relationship you had with Jimmy in Chicago and you were with me at the finals, in your view, was it just the ankle? What, what do you think? Ha- what do you think happened there? Because he, he went from, was it eight of his first nine games? I've quoted the stat a lot. He was 50% or better in the postseason, And then I think it was 12 out of 13. He was at, worse than 50 percent the only one he was at 50 percent he shot five of ten uh so he 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 honestly did not have a strong efficient game his last 13 games of the postseason at least from a scoring perspective and i thought defensively there was slipping did you you've observed him long enough did you just think it was health i think it was health and fatigue you know what i mean like i do think that's something that we don't necessarily think of too often in terms of playoff basketball because guys are playing 40 minutes every night and everybody's doing it. But when you're playing 40 minutes a night, Ethan, and one series you're guarding Jamal Murray, the series before that you're guarding Jason Tatum, that takes up a lot of energy. The one thing that made me believe that it's the ankle, that it's a huge part of it was the ankle, was sort of the lack of explosiveness. And Jimmy's not an ex- super explosive athlete, But when he revs it up, like when you see his body start to go to that place, you can see him being able to get to the rim and finish over the top. And I didn't think he could plant as well. Like you saw more indecisiveness when he got to the lane that he couldn't necessarily finish over the top. A lot of those jumpers came up short. That could be not planting your feet, not being able to set and explode. And that's also fatigue. And that's true of anybody when the jumpers come up short. So I do think when you see the line of demarcation being up until game was a game two of that Nick series. And then everything sort of after that, well, whenever, when he put the good games together, like the Boston game two, the Boston game one, you were starting to see like, okay, he's doing this without the body contact. He's hitting his jump shots, but if he wasn't, if he wasn't hitting his jump shots, then he was at least going to be able to get to the line. And if you can't get to the line because your body doesn't let you explode into a defender, then you're really limited there. It's amazing, Ethan, that he was able to to cobble together some of the games that he did. Yeah, no doubt. I I just, I'm with you. There's a clear line of demarcation from the Josh Hart thing to where he went. And I, I do think some of it was fatigue, having to carry a team in which he really couldn't count on anybody else offensively to be consistent. We saw games from Bam. We saw Caleb in the Boston series. We saw Gabe at times. We saw Max and Duncan at times, but it was never a situation where you went into a game thinking, okay, you're going to get it from this particular guy. Right. It fell on him in a way that he doesn't really want it to fall on him offensively because he wants to be able to do all of those other things. All right. We're going to go rapid fire uh, with bids here in a second, but first a new sponsor. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. 
Now it's time for the spy report here on five on the floor sponsored by closure investigative agency, your trusted private investigative company experienced professionals with over 25 years of private investigations experience their headquarters right here in South Florida in West Palm Beach, but they proudly provide their investigative services nationwide. Their team is so good, so dedicated, so thorough, so professional, so aggressive that other private investigators use them to help solve their own cases. They got a proven track record of going above and beyond. And again, they're a full-service nationwide private investigative firm. That means they can handle all kinds of different cases, experts in the field of workers' compensation, insurance fraud, backgrounds and due diligence, infidelity, locates, missing persons, asset searches, surveillance, interview statements, and service of process. You can reach out to them at 844-403-2550. That's 844-403-2550. Or check them out on the web at ciagency.net. That's just one A in there, ciagency.net. And now, the Spire. All right, so check out Closure Investigative Agency. All right, back here with Vince. Vinny, let's do this thing, all right? Um, biggest surprise player to be traded this offseason. Who's the one nobody's talking about? Ooh, the one nobody's talking about? Well, very few we're talking about. Because, I'm look, there's Dame. Now we've got PG, who I actually mentioned on a podcast about a week ago. So not that I had any information, but just a hunch. Right. Uh is there anybody else you're thinking, okay, now Zion obviously has come of somewhat of a surprise. Windhorse has been ahead on that the past couple of weeks. Clay Thompson. Okay. If Do you think it's more players, likely for Clay or Draymond to be in, in Golden State or both? I think I think it's more likely for both to be there. I think Draymond is more likely to be there because if you don't have Draymond, you don't have a championship contender. And there's no reasonable facsimile to replace a Draymond Green. And there's no franchise that's as valuable to Draymond Green or valuable for Draymond Green as the Miami Heat. I mean, it's the Miami Heat, as the Golden State Warriors. Well, that was a slip because if they had just drafted him in 2012, uh, like I wrote that night, things would have been a lot different. And We'd have had the Draymond-LeBron bromance a lot earlier? A lot sooner, but also you had the Shane Battier replacement sitting there right there on the board, and they traded out of the first round for tax considerations. And, oh, boy, that's come back again. All right, DeAndre Ayton, does he start the season in Phoenix? No. You said right so trade it. So no, trade you it said soon. <laughs> trade it soon. I mean, so, I mean, he would have to be. Like, I, I think, I think he would have to be because you can't be a serious operation and have him making thirty-two million dollars and knowing that he wants to play and he wants to play his way and he not necessarily is going to be happy rebounding, setting screens, getting it off the glass. If you can turn him into a lower maintenance big and a wing defender. You really got some cooking in Phoenix, but I'm not sure what you have cooking with the limited resources you have because you're paying all these guys such a huge chunk of your salary cap. Bruce Brown opted out of his deal, which I think was expected. I mean, the alcohol and the parade aside, it was pretty clear he was going to. You think he's back in Denver? I do, unless someone offers him a bag. And I think this is where you're going to see the CBA sort of jump in is that, oh man, we don't have a bunch of money to throw around at somebody. So maybe we go get Bruce Brown as a plug and play type of, you know, 10, $11 million guy. I think the most Denver can offer him might be like seven and a half. If they, it's, eight, it's actually, eight, it's actually, eight, I think it's 8.6 is okay. the highest that they can go. Yeah. It's around, it's around eight and a half. Um, I think he opted out of 6.8. Um, I, I mean, I could see some team offering him three for 30 or something along those lines, but 
I, I thought it was interesting that they traded for the two late first round picks from Indiana today. Cause that tells me that they're trying to get depth pieces in case uh, that can play right away in case Brown leaves. So we'll see, but he was, he was a key piece for them. So I'm curious to watch that Porzingis in Boston, since it looks like that's happening. Uh, Brogdon can final details haven't been sorted out as we're talking here, but Brogdon goes out to LA to the Clippers, which is interesting because maybe that shuts down a spot for Chris Paul. Who's going to be there and brought with Brogdon and, and the Clippers before I get back to Porzingis is going to be Paul or Westbrook. It feels like Brogdon would fill the role that a Chris Paul would take like a deliberate type of point guard, uh, that can sort of settle things down and play in order. But I don't think he's even necessarily the deliberate controlling point guard that the Clippers might need that get you into your sets. If that was the case, he would have been that in Boston because that's kind of what they needed. You got to see that they were playing really sort of schizophrenic in that heat series, even before Brogdon got hurt. So if I were to guess, I would say maybe a combination of fire and ice thing of Brogdon and Russell Westbrook more than Brogdon and Chris Paul. All right, Porzingis, uh, will that work in Boston, do you think? I mean, if Red Arbach were there, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like maybe, <laughs> maybe so. But I mean, you've got to tell me if Jalen Brown learns how to dribble. Cause if he can't learn and if he doesn't know how to dribble, it doesn't matter what they do with the rest of the pieces that they have. <laughs> they got to trade for a dribbling coach. You know the Chicago situation a little bit. Some Heat fans are pivoting to Zach Levine. Would you like that fit in Miami? And what do you think it would take to pry him away from the Bulls? Because his numbers are a little misleading because he was hurt a lot of last year. The last two months, he shot the ball really well. It was kind of until that point that he didn't play particularly well. And I, I've always felt he should be a better defender than he is. Um, but I kind of feel like if you got him with my, a team like Miami that that really drilled it, that that you might be able with the athleticism he still has, even with the knee problems that, that you'd get it out of him. But uh, what would you give up for Zach Levine? Do you think he starts the season in Chicago? That's an interesting, I think they're listening. I don't think they're shopping him, but, but if the Miami, he were able to get him. I, one thing I always thought of when they were trading Jimmy Butler for Zach Levine, I always thought, why don't you put these two guys together? You know what I mean? Like why don't you put the athlete together with the hard ass and see if you can turn the athlete into more of a hard ass. And Zach Levine has a, hard sort of competitive shell that I don't think people give him credit for. You know what I mean? There are some defensive lapses that Eric Spolster would have to coach out of him and everything else. But from the standpoint of a guy who shows up to work every day and from the standpoint of a guy that can literally score from everywhere and make it look really, really easy. Yeah. I would take him. I think there'll be some early Rocky moments as there will be whenever you have Jimmy Butler around, but I do think those two guys actually have a respect for one another because they probably both seen what the Chicago Bulls organization is really like. Um, that's true. That's true. Well, I know it's changed a little bit. It's, it's not, it's not Gar packs anymore, but still Tyler hero and how many picks would be worth it to get Zach Levine? How much better is Zach Levine right now than Tyler is? That's a great point, but didn't Pat go out and say that he's a foundational piece. And well, that, that, that is like, I equated that to the scene in Goodfellas where Tommy's going in and he's a made man. Right. And so, so Henry and, uh, Henry and Jimmy are waiting for him to get out. Cause they're not fully Italian. And and uh, Jimmy never make Tommy never makes it out. Um, whenever Pat talks up a player at a press conference, particularly if it's part of his scripted statement when he's not even asked about it, Hassan Whiteside was traded two days after uh, after he talked him up. So I I don't have a lot of confidence. It has nothing to do with my feelings on Tyler. It just has to do with the history of when wow. Pat you know pushes a player out there. It seemed he didn't do it with Bam. I mean, and he didn't really talk about any other player because we know he's not trading Bam. Right. So it, it felt like sort of asset um, promotion there a little bit. So, I mean, would you, I mean, is, 
Tyler and I mean, obviously, got to You got the, the contracts got to match and all the rest of that stuff. So there's other pieces involved. But is, is Zach Levine two protected first round picks better than Tyler Hero right now? Yeah, I would take. I would definitely because to me, the athlete trumps the shooter in that in this case, especially when you're talking about playoff basketball. Where to me, the name of the game is not can you shoot, but can you get your shot? And I think we saw a lot of the Heat shooters once they got pressed in that series against Denver. A not a great defensive team, but they were able to shut off the water just enough of the Duncan Robinsons and the Gabe Vincents and guys like that. So I think shot creation would be in a premium. The problem is you can't set the settings exactly as you had them. You know what I mean? To say, okay, mm-hmm. if we're going to play Boston, if we're going to play Denver, this is how we this is how we combat that with another shot creator. The problem is next season is going to be an entirely new NBA. But if I'm Miami and I can stomach Zach Levine's contract, I'll take it. I think if it was anybody who could figure that out, it would be Spo. All right, last last one here, and we appreciate Vince uh, joining us here. Cat, uh, <laughs> people aren't seeing you because we're not running the video of this. But oh, okay, okay, okay. I mean, I mean, there, there there are some, there are some. I'm telling you, there are some Heat fans who are like, "Well, he's the perfect big next to Bam," and I'm like, "Over Jimmy's dead body." Um, I are they on cat- crack? Question I often ask. Uh, I'll just, I mean, does he start the season in Minnesota? And I, I mean, is, do, do, I mean, is he worth, I mean, the, the skill level is there. I mean, maybe he hasn't changed the game like he thinks he has, but if you were another team that was, did not have Jimmy Butler on it, would you, would you make a play for him? No, I wouldn't. I would not. I would not. You can look at the talent and everything else, but man, when I have a big player, I need him to do big player things. You know what I mean? Like when you're going to say, man, I changed the game and everything. Dude, like I need you to step into reality. And if he's thinking that way of himself, there's no way you can bring him onto your team and expect him to fit in or expect him to do what you need him to do. Can he be on a team? Sure. But you would have to make so many other concessions around him for what he doesn't do that he doesn't bring you enough to make it worth your while. I wouldn't touch him but I am not 29 other GMs. <laughs> I'll give you one more then, because there is one GM who, who controls a lot of things right now. Masayu Jerry has ripped off a lot of teams in trades, but now it's kind of become a thing where he seems to be comfortable sticking in the middle in the East instead of tra- If you were a Masai, because this plays into the Portland thing in some ways and some other teams <laughs> right now, uh, would you trade Siakam? Would you trade Ananobi? Would you let Van Vliet walk? Would you just rebuild this thing around Scotty Barnes, try to bring it down all the way down? Or do you think that that team can actually contend for a top five, top six spot next year? I feel like they're going to wind up making a lot of moves over the next couple of days. I feel like you hear too much over OG Ananobi, too much over Pascal Siakam. You know, Fred Van Vliet, how much will you have to pay him to not be on a winning team to make that make sense? And when you look at the coaching hires, he didn't hire a championship coach. You know what I mean? He didn't hire somebody that says, oh, yeah, we're trying to win right now. He has the job security. He has the support of Maple Leafs ownership to be able to take this the way that he needs to take it. And put it like this. If he strips it down to the studs, I don't think it'll be long before Toronto's back respectable again. But when you look at Pascal and OG, you might be able to get some serious things for those guys. If I'm Miami, I'm looking at OG and Pascal and saying, what would it take to get you here? Which one would you rather have if you're Miami? Who's the better fit with Jimmy and Bam? 
I think Pascal, because his game is a little more helter-skelter. You know what I mean? He's a little more of a matchup problem defensively for other teams. I feel like you can compensate the wing defense that OG brings. You can sort of figure that out. But Pascal is the one guy whose skill set is special enough that you can't replicate anywhere. I just think Spolcher looking at OG as a small ball four, he would be salivating because it's just – there's a lot of skill there yeah. that would fit. Um, it's the prototype, but at a much higher skill level and toughness level than some of the guys, uh, even that they've had there. So it's it's a it would be an interesting fit. I, I I think that's a dark horse situation for Miami that we're not really talking about enough. But again, you don't know with Masai. You just you don't know which way he's going to play it. And the Heat did make a deal with him, but they tried the first time and didn't happen. And then ultimately, there was kind of a force deal there with with Kyle. I kind of feel kind of feel like Masai owes the Heat for giving Kyle the the retirement contract uh, that Toronto did want to give him, the one that Chicago gave Dwayne that Miami did want to give Dwayne. So I I don't know. It feels like it all kind of comes full circle here. All right, our guy Vince Goodwill, you can follow him at. By the way, I got extra seafood here from OceansFinest.com. So the next time you're in Miami, if I can get it to a free, you know, I'll just send it. Where are you now, New York? Hell, I'm in New York right now, but I don't, you know, I don't live in New York. I know you don't, but I'll send, all right, I'll, I'll send it to your place. I'll, I'll get, send it they, to the they, place that Pat sent the facts. I don't know if that place still exists. All right, Vince, thanks. We appreciate it. Follow me at Vince Goodwill. Ball Don't Lie. That's the, uh, that's the Yahoo platform. You can check out all the podcasts there uh, with the rest of his crew there. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate you, man. Thank you for listening to The Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.